Hey, I'm Bruce Weinstein, and this is the podcast Cooking with Bruce and Mark. And I'm Mark Scrubber, and we have got a packed show. We have got a holiday food gift guide coming up. It's never too early for holiday food gifts. It isn't. We've got a one-minute cooking tip. We've got an interview with the founder and owner of Callie's Hot Little Biscuit. I'm going to talk about what's making us happy in food this week. So let's get going with segment one. So we have some great and weird food finds that you might consider giving to your favorite foodie this holiday season. And (laughs) we're starting early, so you have time to order them. And the first one that I have fallen in love with, you can get it on goldbelly.com where you get a lot of food gifts. But this is something new that they have. It makes me crazy. It's called Cake Guts. Cake Guts. And when Mm. Bruce told me about this, I thought, what in the ever-loving world is cake guts. Well, what is it? Well, there's a popular cake seller on Goldbelly called Katie's Cakes, C-A-D-E-S, Cakes. And to help save food waste, Sam Katie decided to take all of her scraps from her cake business and smash them together in jars and sell them as cake guts. (laughs) So basically, you know, it's a deconstructed cake in a jar. And Mark asked me, well, like, so, is it all the flavors mixed up? And it's not, is it? No, it's not all the flavors mixed up. So basically, right, it's the trimmings. They When they trim their professional cakes and all that kind of stuff, instead of just throwing that stuff out, they've smashed it into jars. Just think of a jar of cake frosting or a can of cake frosting. But now they- it's full of cake. It's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Well, what I love is these cake aren't guts. small jars. These are like, you know, like the Talenti ice cream, the Talenti yeah. gelato size containers. Right. And I love that it says on the container that the serving size is one or two. No. They could have saved on ink and just said one. Right. I mean, there's, there's, <laughs> what, what's a two cake doing there? guts. So this is a fascinating thing that you could actually give for Christmas. It's super popular. They have birthday Oreo cake What's guts, in that one? Freshly baked vanilla Oreo swirl cake, Oreo sprinkle cream cheese, and vanilla buttercream, all made from scratch, plus Oreo cookie crumbs, and it's all spread throughout, and it's all packed in layers in this jar. Seriously, birthday Oreo cake guts. Well, I like the caramel carrot cake guts. It's like carrot pecan cake with cinnamon cream cheese and caramel sauce and caramel crispies all smooched into like an ice cream container. And they have there's vanilla vanilla cake guts, s'mores cake guts. You know when when I was a, when I first moved to New York, we would go in bodegas and they always write at the cash register there were all these cans of cake frosting, and I I could never figure it out. I'd say to Bruce, why are there cans of cake? frosting right next to the cash register and he's like well because people take those home and eat them and i was like no they do he not he didn't believe me they do not and then i noticed that next to them was this little jar of plastic spoons and in fact some of the frostings even came with a spoon under the lid and i thought oh my gosh people are actually just eating these things they are Taking frosting out eating it. Well, so, you can have a yogurt or you can have a tub of frosting. So anyway. And it's not buttercream frosting. No, it's mint-flavored Crisco. <laughs> so um, <laughs> Cake Cuts is far better than that. These are actually handmade and homemade cakes from a very up-end bakery. These are all the trimmings packed and layered very carefully. It's not just a mush. Don't no, think no, of like scraped in your garbage can. Think about it as like, like I don't know, a Cake, trifle, cake a trifle. trifle in a can. That's exactly it. A cake trifle in a can. 
I am sure that if you gave the food lover on your holiday list, Cake Guts from Goldbelly.com, <laughs> you would be the head of the party. Okay, what's up next? Next up is tinned fish. Now, we've talked about tinned fish before, but and it makes a great gift. I don't think that most people who are our age understand that the kids these days love tinned fish, and it is not a matter of the nasty sardines from the store. This is extremely high-end mackerel, trout in piri-piri. Bruce and I recently had some tinned octopus from Portugal that blew my mind. So we go to this little wine bar in Boston occasionally, and it's called Haley.Henry. And they're part of their menu is all these tinned fish. And that's where we first discovered this high-end stuff. And they sell it. So you can go to HaleyHenry.com slash gear, G-E-A-R, because it's the stuff they sell. So H-A-L-E-Y-H-E-N-R-Y.com slash gear. And you could see whatever selection they have at the it's, moment. And they have super high-end stuff. And I want to tell you so super high end that some of these tins get way up in the three digits mm, right they have, they have this one thing of tin something i don't remember what it was it was we were in the restaurant a few weeks ago and it was like 128 dollars for the tin of fish yeah so this this stuff is not cheap we're talking high-end tin fish and believe me it tastes like it mm. it's delicious it's mild the stuff in peri peri knocks me oh, the out peri. but the, there are other mm. places you can also go if you go mm. to spanishtable.com they also have a great selection of tinned fish. So if you have somebody that likes smoked salmon or likes whitefish salad or stuff like that, and you want to get them something unusual for Christmas, consider a really high-end, fine assortment of tinned fish, most of it imported from Morocco, Spain, and Portugal. And you will discover an entire new world a long ways away from those nasty, fishy sardines that you just find on the grocery store shelf. And what else we got on our list, Mark? Okay, so we have a third food find, and this is for the serious foodie in your life. Consider ordering some dried beans from Rancho Gordo. If you're around food Facebook or food Instagram very much, you're going to already know what Rancho Gordo is. But Rancho Gordo is the purveyor of some of the best dried beans (laughs) around. And they've always been known for their selection of rare and heirloom beans. But I think their selection this year is above and beyond. And one of the things that caught my eye when I was looking at their beans, I believe it's pronounced Chichiquia. It's C-I-C-E-R-C-H-I-A. Chichiquia beans. And they're rustic. It's an Italian bread, rustic Mm. legume. Mm. It has a very unusual shape. It almost looks like a tooth. And it's prized in Italy for its rich flavor. And it's really good in stews and purees and in soups. And often, um, I've seen some old Italian cooks that describe it as old wrinkled teeth. (laughs) <laughs> which then, which makes sense. Which I mean, they, they look teeth like teeth. So April Broomfield in the LA Times called it, called these things. Uh, they said they, these things taste something like a cross between a pea and a chickpea. They're a little bit dry when you cook mm-hmm. them. They're not your typical creamy bean, but they have this really incredible open, fresh taste to them. I, and a, a bag of these is an actually an excellent present. In fact, if you're going to go to a lot of holiday parties or even a few holiday parties 
Series this year, consider going to RanchoGordo.com. And let me just say, we are not sponsored by Goldbelly or Haley Don Henry <laughs> or Rancho Gordo or anybody. Consider going to Rancho Gordo and finding some beans. It makes a beautiful house gift. It does, but make sure you're bringing it to a house where they like to cook. Right. Because if they don't like to cook, then definitely get them like the tin fish and the cake guts. But if they like <laughs> to just cook. just the tin of frosting. Mm, if they like to cook, then you want to get the beans. Okay, and so our last food gift that you were going to want to consider this year is the renovation of Chili Crisp. If you don't know about Chili Crisp, Chili Crisp is an Asian Chinese condiment that has just gone to insane levels. There are recipes to make your own. The woman who started the Chili Crisp business in China out of her stall is now a billionaire and rides around in a limo. And there are lots of people making imitations. And I have to tell you, beyond the standard Chili Crisp with that forbidding woman's face on the bottle, there is this new brand out called Ji. Daddy, S Z E Daddy, and G Daddy will knock your socks off. Yeah, we've talked about it before. In fact, we dedicated a whole podcast to Chili Crisps and some of its new variations. And G Daddy came up, and it's worth repeating. Mm, it's, it's so good. It's not as much crunchy as it nope. is an aromatic hot chili paste covered in this aromatic chili oil. I love to slather it on a burger. You could dip carrots in it. We've actually mixed some into mayonnaise and served it as a bed for grilled fish. Imagine, uh, all I can tell you is imagine red, spicy red chili oil mixed with sun-dried tomatoes, Mm. lots of garlic, and just a little bit of anchovy way in the background. And it is a kind of amazing flavor, complex, sophisticated. You can buy a large jar of G Daddy at PearlRiver.com. Again, we are not sponsored by Pearl River or by the makers of G Daddy. And you will have a house gift for someone who likes spicy food that will be just the toast of the party. And you might want to consider bringing them a baked potato with it because that's my <laughs> other favorite way to eat it. So you could bring them the jar of G Daddy and a steaming hot baked potato and tell them to just go eat it right away. Okay, those are our four holiday food finds. Cake, guts, tin, fish, rancho gordo, beans, and G Daddy condiment. And we are about to move on to segment two. Segment two, our one-minute cooking tip. Well, good grief. This one seems like uh, something that chefs would do, but normal humans wouldn't. But we're going to throw it out there anyway. And what that is it? Is use your muffin tin as measles balls. Now, don't at me and don't. Oh, What's God. a measles bowl? Okay, so you know when you pre-prep your ingredients, that's called um, you like pre-chop your scallions, pre-chop stuff you're going to use. In really fancy French terms, that's called mise en place. And in English, that has become known as your mise. Oh, you've done your mise. Meaning you've chopped all the ingredients, you've got them already. And often these things go in little tiny bowls on a counter with how real chefs cook. And I'm sure you've seen people on cooking shows do this. Well, you don't have to have all those glass bowls. You can just use the indentations in a muffin tin. Mm-hmm. And if you have a muffin tin with six, you get six in one. If you have a muffin tin with 12, you get 12 in one. And if you're you not, you don't have to use them all. You don't have to use them all. And you use five of the. And 12. if you have a mini muffin tins, you might have twenty four of them. And it's great because you could put your half a teaspoon of salt in one, and your half a teaspoon you of can. this and something. You can't 
Just make sure, here's my little tip, make sure it's super, super dry. Clean it, but make sure it's super dry because salt, pepper, basil leaves, etc., will stick if there's any moisture inside that tin. So make sure the tin is super dry. And if it, you're like me and you haven't made muffins in a long time, make sure it's not full of dust. <laughs> Before we get to the next segment, let me say that we would appreciate a rating of this podcast. And let me remind you that we have a brand new book out, Instant Pot Bible Copycat Recipes, making your favorite recipe classics in the Instant Pot. Up next, Bruce's interview with Carrie Morey. She is the life force, the driving force behind Callie's Hot Little Biscuit. She's the author of an upcoming cookbook, Hot Little Suppers. And Bruce caught up with her on a drive between interview meetings. So up next, his interview with Carrie Morey in the car. I'm so excited to talk today with Carrie Morey, the founder of Callie's Hot Little Biscuit which is an iconic Southern brand known nationwide. And Carrie has a new cookbook out called Hot Little Suppers, Simple Recipes to Feed Family and Friends. Welcome, Carrie. Thank you so much for having me. You have an incredible philosophy you talk about in the opening of your book, Hot Little Suppers. You call it Be a Biscuit. Can you explain that to me? Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, I obviously am and have been for 16 years surrounded by biscuits in my life. So I'm constantly dreaming of biscuits and how they are truly a metaphor for life. And we always talk about how biscuits rise tall. And to me, rising tall, which is always something I'm reminding my daughters to do, means to stand up straight and be confident. Um, so biscuits rise tall, people should rise tall. Uh, be warm and buttery on the inside, which we all know that biscuits are warm and buttery on the inside. But if as we as humans are warm and buttery on the inside and always lead with kindness. If everyone did that, what would, what would our world be like, right? We need more of that. And then the third is um, to be open to anyone's jam. And we all know that a good biscuit is delicious with all kinds of jam in it. And, and the, the thought there is just to be open to anyone. And we have so many differences. If we're open to that and we're kind and we're confident, and everybody practiced that, which to me is just a gussied up version of the golden rule. How great would that be? So we talk a lot about that within our company and, and how we deal with people within our company, outside of our company. And if you live by those three basic rules, you're kind of, you're winning, right? I mean, that's, it covers everything. So I love talking about being a biscuit. You're famous for your biscuit company. So it's not surprising to see biscuit recipes in your new book. But whether it's cinnamon biscuits or creamsicle biscuits, what are some good tips for making better biscuits? Well, I definitely think my most important VIP rule of making biscuits is you need to do it by hand. I believe strongly in the taste, the texture, the feel, the love, everything that goes into making a biscuit by hand versus making it um, in a mechanized way, whether that's in a mixer or a machine, there's just a true difference. And obviously use really great ingredients, the simpler, the better, and do it with love. Because when we make food and it's coming from a place of love, it's always going to taste better. 
Lucky for us, your book is all about supper with the family and offers so much more than just biscuits. So tell me a bit about the inspiration for some of the recipes, like one of my favorites, the cheddar jalapeno corn dogs. You know, I have this duty in my mind to feed my family. So I have a built-in audience and they're always hungry. And I also am always thinking about what I'm craving. And I'll never forget this one time I was flying from New York to Idaho where my family spends um, the summer. And we were stopping off in Minnesota or Minneapolis. And I started reading about the state fair there, which is something I've always wanted to attend because it is the largest fair in the country. And I read an article about their corn dogs. And then that was pretty much it for me. I could not get it out of my brain. And I am not exaggerating. I got off the plane. I didn't land until seven o'clock at night. And we camp out in an RV with an outdoor kitchen when we stay out in Idaho. So everything has to be made outside. And so, you know, you're, you don't have the conveniences of a kitchen. And I told the girls, I said, I'm really craving corn dogs and I'm going to make them for us. And we had our entire family over 17 people and we made corn dogs on a propane fryer just out of that craving and that story and that, you know, desire to want to go to the state fair. And so my girls beg now for that meal all the time. And I mean, all kids love corn dogs. So you have a recipe for shrimp toast in your book. So of course I was expecting the Chinese American appetizer, but that's not what it is. Tell me about your version of shrimp toast. My version of shrimp toast is really an ode to the low country and, and hot, hot summers. And this is a, something that can come together super quickly, has tons of flavor. You just add a big loaf of crusty French bread, a ton of garlic, butter, and lemon. And it's literally what, what it says. It is grilled bread, grilled shrimp, or you can saute them. In a, in a cast iron on the stove quickly. And then you're pouring all of those delicious buttery garlic, lemony, flavorful herbs on top all over that toast. And you just dig in no plates, nothing licking your fingers. So delicious. It's beautifully presented, easy to cook um, and serves a crowd. Carrie, I always thought grilled cheese was the most perfect food, but You've upped the bar in that with your grown-up grilled cheese. What makes it so special? For me, I'm always trying to push my daughters to expand their culinary palate. You know, all children love pizza, grilled cheese, chicken fingers, and quesadillas. So if I am going to acquiesce and make them those favorite foods that all children love, I, I try to elevate it just a little bit. And my daughter and I travel a lot for volleyball and had it had an herbed grilled cheese sandwich with tomato soup. One of the many nights that we were in a hotel and I came home and I said, we got to we got to elevate this grilled cheese. And so the idea for pesto, which it was the winner. So it was store bought pesto slathered on either side of the bread and then stuffing it with more cheese than necessary. And it just made the perfect combination of just a little bit fancy. And for girls uh, that, you know, typically would gravitate towards bland, they really loved it. And they still talk about it. They always beg for that meal. You thank your family in the book for making your dinner table your favorite place to be. 
So I want to ask, what advice can you give people who are looking to make their family time around the table something everyone looks forward to? You know, I think some days are harder than others. I think that it is our grounding space and getting your children involved, whether that means asking them to set the table or uh, fill glasses of water or make name cards, depending on whether it's a weeknight or a weekend involving them and chopping and and taking ownership of the meal is our first step in getting them to really buy into it. Letting them have friends over is also another really great thing, allowing them to make a dessert. But once we sit down at the table, it is it is our time to reconnect and to celebrate or commiserate whatever the day has brought us. Uh, we do that um, by going around the table, talking about one good, one bad. We play games um, that give us, we have cards that um, ask questions. So it's conversation starters and it's just ways to evoke conversation and make the dinner table much more than just sitting down for 15 minutes for the meal. Uh, we've done in the past the grateful jar where we have a big jar and we have pens and uh, construction paper, and they have to write one thing that they're grateful for that day, even if it's been the worst day. So, you know, I think all of my children know that 6 p.m. is supper and you need to be home and it's our sacred space, no phones, no, no television, anything. It is our time to reconnect and creating that tradition and making it a ritual and making it something that is, there's nothing above it is, is what has made us successful with it. Hey, Carrie Mori, thank you so much for sharing uh, stories about food and your family and great good luck with the new book, Hot Little Suppers, Simple Recipes to Feed Family and Friends. Thank you so much. I love chatting with you. That was just wild. I love these ideas of brands that take off and become something more and more as they move forward. It's such a modern story. Okay, segment four. What's making us happy in food this week? The way we always end our podcast. What's making you happy in food this week? Cranberries. I know it's, I'm back to like this whole season, the last time it was turkey, this time it's cranberries, maybe next time, I don't know, sweet potato casserole, but this week it's cranberries. And I, you know, I was at the store, I bought a ton because you know they're not going to be there forever. I put a whole bunch of bags in the freezer. That's me. Okay, that's me. I am obsessed with cranberries. (laughs) I will confess to you that I put them in everything. I put them in apple pies, I love cranberry muffins, I love to add them to all kinds of baked goods. I am obsessed with cranberries and they do run out over the course of the year so this time of year i become like this obsessed man trying to find them in the stores and then squirreling them away in a freezer so they're there all year every time we go into a supermarket mark <laughs> we'll, we'll go through the produce section and mark says to me how many bags do we have in the freezer i do i make a beeline <laughs> for the cranberries and i grab okay. it because you can just take the bag right out of the supermarket and go right to your freezer and we'll pay for it first well okay yeah and <laughs> you can put it right in your freezer and it'll stay there all year until you're ready to use cranberries Mm, so what's making you happy in food this week? Okay, what's making me happy in food this week is sheet cakes. And that's because it is the return mm. of the holiday season. And Bruce and I wrote a book a few years ago called Sheet Cakes and Slab Pies in which everything is made in a giant sheet pan. What we use, we use... It's a 13 by 18 half hotel sheet pan. The true half hotel sheet, which is 13 by 18 inches. You realize this is two 9 by 13s put together. It's a sheet pan and you can make 
acres of sheet cakes and slab pies that are perfect for the holiday season she, including the cranberry slab pie including that oh, there's there's mm. a there's a recipe in there for an oat cake that has a sour cream frosting it mm. is so delicious i brought it once to a gathering pre-covid and people just absolutely passed out over it and we're coming into the time of year when sheet cakes can make you very happy so those are our food gifts. Those are our cooking tips and what is making <laughs> us happy. It is a deliciously full-packed episode we had. Along and, with Hot Little Biscuit. Oh, yes. Yum. She was great. And we're going to have many, many more coming up. So please subscribe to this podcast. You won't miss a single one. And check us out on Facebook. There's a group called Cooking with Bruce and Mark. Questions get posed. Answers get made. Some of the answers are a little insane. I saw some this week that were like, wow, what are you thinking? But there's a lot of fun in that group on Facebook, Cooking with Bruce and Mark. Join in the fun, and we will see you here next time on the podcast, Cooking with Bruce and Mark.